Yeah. So you start with a face plant and then the event two was the sandbag. Yeah. That, that you didn't fare very well in either. Uh-uh. I did terribly <laughs> in that event. I was so mad after that event. So mad about that. Yeah. That was kind of like, that was like the, I went back, uh, I like to go back to the you know hotel and chill a little bit in between events. I was so mad after that, after that sandbag event that I like, there was a decision. I just made a mental decision in my head that I was tired of. I was tired of finishing where I was finishing and I'm not going to do that anymore. And the rest of the games just went a completely different direction. Cause I was going to ask you your mindset after that. Cause, mm-hmm. cause you're not in a great position at that point. Right. Um, and you, you kind of have to have that like come to Jesus meeting with yourself. What, yeah. what are we going to do here? Because after that moment, you never finished lower than 11th. Right. And yeah, it was just, it was a, that was a purely mental decision on my part. And it made me realize how, how much that plays into a factor of sports and being competitive. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus master's age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale fitness and friends podcast. Hey, sorry. Sorry. I'm a little late. (laughs) Oh, not a problem. We were just chatting anyway, so it was all good. We always have plenty I'll... to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Usually Scott has to go, okay, stop. He's here. <laughs> I get that. So, what's, uh, yeah, yeah. What's on your background? I, that's a pretty cool background there. Um, it's some posters that were given out at the games uh, okay. from different athletes. And then I have uh, Julie Fouché was my level one instructor. Uh, I see that uh, one, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's her shirt with her autograph on that. And then my right. judge's shirt from regionals in 2018 and my security shirt from 17. Uh, very cool. Sweet. Yeah. How you been? Great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Well, we've already hit record. We're pretty laid back about it. Um, yeah. Uh, just to start off, Ben was on our eighth episode. <laughs> Now we are on episode like 57. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, when, when I had been on back then, I learned two things. One, never try to talk to an athlete at an event because it's just <laughs> too much going on. Just give up the ship and not, and not even try. Two, always put fresh batteries in your uh, virtual recorder. Yeah, we've learned Oh, that. that's right. That's right. <laughs> so if you go yeah, back we were to- Yeah, ep- we were sitting outside and- uh, yeah, what well, we got like twenty minutes in, maybe and four, uh, four minutes. Four, <laughs> oh, did we? Maybe it was the twenty minutes we talked before that. Yeah, we, we had a whole four minute interview with you uh, on episode eight. If people, it's a quick listen if people want to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so it's good to see you again. Um, mm. I, I met Ben at the Mayhem Classic. It, uh, him and his his entourage were staying at the same hotel we were. Um, entourage loosely based uh but got to meet your dad so how's your dad doing yeah he's doing well uh he's just you know working from home he, he works from home a lot anyway so uh, but he's still working from home he's an engineer so he's just on phone calls all the time and you know all that important stuff he's so good has COVID affected you guys down there and uh um, it's actually worse right now than it like we didn't have it very bad in the beginning uh, and they're saying that the numbers are all getting worse now. Uh, but we were closed for a while. We had to we had to close the gym down, uh, mandatory state thing. And then uh, for we've been open back up. We went through like the phase one, phase two, phase three, and I think we're back to phase two now or something like that. We're somewhere in between. But I think they were 
a little bit more lenient on gyms this time. Um, they let the gym stay open and I don't think they put restrictions on them like they did on like a restaurant or something like that, but there still are some restrictions we're working through. Uh, we're trying to do our best to like keep everything as, you know, as sanitary and as clean as possible and keep the class sizes to a minimum, but also allowing people to work out at the times that we need them to work out during or that they need to work out during the day. So uh, we're just trying to balance that like as is everybody else, you know, so it's just kind of one of those things you have to deal with. So, so I met your dad and one of the interesting things I learned uh, that weekend is one, he's very humble. He's a very humble man. And I, and I can see where you, uh, the kids kind of get that from him uh, because none of you talk about yourself very much, but uh, like when you left, he would talk about you. When he left, you would talk about him. And uh, he played football with the Naval Academy mm-hmm. and actually was like a thousand yard rusher uh, with the Naval Academy. He, he was very good. Yeah. 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 And he was he played, team captain, what, 88, I believe. And, uh, uh, you know, runner up for the Heisman kind of thing, like up for the, he was like a candidate and all that. And yeah, he was a, he was an athlete. Yeah. And a great guy too. So now you have three brothers who all compete in CrossFit, Alec, mm-hmm. Dane, and yourself. Uh, is your mother an athlete? My mother was an athlete. She played, uh, she played tennis in college. She ran track and, um, and did all that stuff. I say that she was actually a better athlete athletically than my dad, but my oh, dad wow. worked really hard. Yeah. My dad worked really hard and, you know, he had his niche and he had his thing, but my mom always brags about being able to beat him in tennis and all that stuff. So <laughs> there's those good stories. Yeah. So the DNA does help a lot when you're, when you're looking at the CrossFit <laughs> scene. Um, so let's Didn't talk hurt. about, so how you kind of came up and, and um, you were a high school baseball and, and football player. I played baseball in high school. Yeah. So okay. uh, I do, we just stuck to that one thing and that was kind of how it was in the, in the school that I moved, we moved around a ton. So every school is a little different, but the one in high school, they did their sport and, you know, their coach didn't really let them go and do other things. So I swam one year, my senior year. Um, and then other than that, I just played baseball all year. So it was a year round type thing. We played, we practiced year round. And then you went on to play college baseball. I went on for a semester to Lafayette college up in Pennsylvania. Um, I went to play baseball. Yes. Ended up transferring back and then didn't have the opportunity to play uh, when I transferred back to ODU. So I, cause I think I had to sit out a year cause he transferred. And then after that, it was like, Hey, the team's full, the team's full. And I just got into CrossFit and started doing that. So switched over the switch worked pretty well. They so, were like, we're full. And you're like, that's cool. I'll just be the fittest man. I would have loved to play. I would have loved to play, but things worked out. What position yeah. did you play? Uh, I played third base mostly. Um, but I would have played really anywhere except anyway, I never played catcher unless I was really young and never played first base, but I played pretty much every other position. Oh, that's awesome. So you met your, your uh, wife in high school. How did I that did. happen moving around so much? No, so we moved around up to that point up till high school. So we, we moved around like what, 10, 10 times, 11 times before I was in high school. And then when we, when we, my dad got stationed here in, uh, Virginia Beach or Norfolk. Um, he, we stayed there for two years. He was stationed there for two years. And then his next station was in the beach area. So it was like, we did, so we ended up staying there and then he retired and we got to, we love it here. So, or at least I do, I love it here. Um, and then we've been here ever since. Uh, and her name is Noel. Her name is Noel. Yes. We've been known her since we were about 15 or 16. So been together a while. And, you, and did you is date? It, is it oh. true? Sorry, Scott. Is it true that uh, you guys got engaged in the classroom that you met in? Yes. Yes. So uh, I was romantic. trying to come up with, yeah, I was trying to come up with, I didn't know how to, uh, how to do it. So um, that was the place where we met. We were actually in chemistry class and she sat a couple of seats behind me. So I had her come back to the classroom and uh, had flowers on the desk and just proposed to her there. So she loved, she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were high school sweethearts, the whole thing. Yep. 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 That's really cool. And so it was just meeting in class. No, no big moment of, of that first meet or. No. So it was actually uh, uh, Alec, my younger brother was knew everybody in the school. Right. So, you know, super popular. I was a pretty quiet kid. Um, 
and he knew everybody and he knew her and he was the one actually to introduce us to each other so it's kind of kind of funny that that worked out but yeah that was alec that introduced us actually oh that's really cool yeah um and then when did you get married uh we got married in 2015 so a few years ago four or five years ago uh 15 is a big year for you oh, yeah i was gonna say it's a yeah. big year for you <laughs> coincidental right yeah <laughs> It was a good year. So I, want, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about community. When we met um, at Mayhem, mm-hmm. what, what I called your entourage was, was a group of young men that were just, uh, they talk about you so, so reverently um, when you weren't, weren't there, we were just chatting, that they said they've been working with you for a long time when they were like high school kids. And so is that something you normally do is bring in like high school kids and kind of work out with them and no, so my younger brother, Dane, he's six years younger than me, and he was into training a ton. He was, his coach was into a lot of training, so I worked with him. And at the time, I was later on in high school, right? And he had his friends in his group, and I had my friends in my group, and, you know, Alec had his friends in his group. So they were both younger than me, so it kind of like – that's how really CrossFit Krypton started was the gym was in my parents' uh, garage. So I would actually train uh, – with my friends there and then Dane's friends would come up like they were the younger kids they would come up and I would personal train them uh, during the summers during their off season uh, in CrossFit to help out their sports so that was kind of like my first experience in like training people for um, for sport or through through CrossFit or whatever so uh, I just built those relationships with those kids and then I've known them ever since the ones that stayed around here Um, so that was one of them that you met uh, he was Dane's friend, actually. He's just a couple years younger than six years, seven years younger than me. Um, and then the other one was my friend. And then the other one was somewhere in between the two. So, yeah, we just have a lot of good kids, you know, good kids around here that play. There's like sports is a big thing in the area. Uh, a lot of people are looking to, you know, take their game to the next level. And, um, you know, and I was just there with CrossFit at the time. It just it just worked out well. Met a lot of good people and, you know, try to do try to help them out as much as, you know, as much as I could. They almost, they, and actually they said it, it was like a little family that like that group of, of kids just became so tight over the years. And, um, and that's cool that you've kind of, you, your family kind of started that little, that little thing. Yeah. My parents were very, my parents always were very, uh, they're very generous. Um, they help, they always have their house open. Like they let me, you know, coach 10, 10 kids at a time out of their garage for three or four hours a day in the summertime, you know, and they're running in using the bathroom and tearing up the house and putting holes in the wall in the garage. You know, they were very, uh, they put up with a lot. So I, you know, I couldn't do it on my parents, but I'm very thankful for them. And they were very kind and, and welcoming to everybody that came over. And how did that garage evolve into CrossFit Krypton? It just got too much. Right. So like the conflict, it was like, Hey, we need to find you a place to, um, to do this somewhere else. And I, I had just graduated from college. So I finished up in 2012 with my mechanical engineering degree. And my choice was either, you know, go get a job working at an engineering firm or, or try to at least, or uh, do something else. Right. And, and that time I was four years deep into competing in the CrossFit games. I knew this was something that I wanted to do that I could do for the, you know, for long as the foreseeable future would allow. Um, and I was like, Hey, let's, let's open a gym. Like I love coaching and I love helping people. And I see how much this can, people need it. Um, and how influential it can be in, in the lives of others. And I was like, let's open a gym. We found a little spot that was like 3000 square feet total. Um, and we just started there and started small. And now we have, you know, built a new facility and have the, have our own, own 7,500 square foot place. And it's awesome. I love it. Wouldn't, wouldn't have done it any differently. And were your parents tired of replacing refrigerators or? Yeah, right. It was just not refrigerators. <laughs> it was more like with the wall and stuff like crack, gar- crack garage floor and trash and water bottles and yeah, sweat stains everywhere. Yeah. So Ben, I have a question. Um, my name yeah. is Kat, by the way. We haven't actually officially met. Uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, I and run an affiliate out of my garage. I forget that too. That's Okay. Um, I run an affiliate out of my garage and I'm mm-hmm. actually looking to expand into another place. So my question to you is how far away was your first affiliate to your garage? Yeah. So my, I live about a, two miles from my parents' house and my parents are about four miles from the gym that we're at now. So it was, okay. it was fairly close. It wasn't like we were, 
you know, going across town or anything. So we're, yeah, we're pretty I close. See, I have a situation where I have about 20 kids that train here and I would mm -hmm. say about 15 of them live in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm struggling because we're busting at the seams and I, you know, I'm trying to find space, but I'm like afraid that everyone's going to leave you know, or not be able to come because of this space. So I'm, I'm always just curious about how that evolution of expansion goes and what kind of things you think yeah. about. I mean, there's definitely like that, that there's definitely that little bit of like that leap of faith kind of thing. Like you, sure. you're, you're busting at the seams where you are and then you go and get a 3000 square foot place and it's like, Oh, what do I do with all this space? Right. And then you just trust that you continue to do what you're doing well and it's going to happen and it's going to work out and things are going to grow and, um, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And then, uh, and then it'll be like, well, you're outgrowing this space and you work your way na up naturally, right? So uh, it sounds like that would be the next step for you, I guess, right? Perfect. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> mm -hmm. She has a killer garage, Jim, as you can kind of see. Yeah, it her. looks awesome. It looks <laughs> yeah, awesome. Just too small. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I get that. We just spill over into the street and into the cul-de-sac and yeah, you know, we try bother, to. The neighbors, bother the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, the neighbors so far haven't bothered me, so it's all mm -hmm. right. Well, that's good. Well, speaking of expansion, you've expanded your own family in the last year uh, mm -hmm. with Claire. Uh, I yep. know we talked a little bit about that at Mayhem, but how's that going now? You're, you're six yeah, four I, months in. Claire just turned one. Um, she's running around everywhere. She's, she's awesome. I, it's hard to put into words how, how much she means to Noel and I. So um, she's a blessing. We prayed for her for a long time um, and we love her and, it's all, it's been awesome. It's been an experience, like taught us, taught us a lot. It's brought us closer together and challenged us in ways that, you know, we couldn't really imagine beforehand. Like people try to tell you what it's like and you don't really know what it's like until you have a kid. So it's been very, very rewarding. Yeah. I know when my daughter was born, when she reached up and grabbed my finger in like the first two minutes, it was all yeah. over. Heart was yeah. pulled out of my chest and like it yeah, wrapped around her finger and I said I was holding Noelle. Noelle had a C-section and uh, they handed me her, they handed me Clara first. And I remember looking at her and uh, I was like, I told him, I was like, she just looked straight through me. She didn't even look at me. She like looked through me and I'm like, oh no. But yeah, that was, uh, it was great. It was great. It's well, been awesome. It's been fun. It's funny. Like you were saying, like you, it, nothing really can prepare you for it, but nothing can truly prepare you for the lack of sleep that you're going to have. Even if people tell yes. you that, like yes. you don't get it until you're in that. <laughs> yeah. You're like a zombie, like just a sleepless zombie for six weeks. Yes. <laughs> at least, at least. Yes. Yeah. I remember being, being able to feed her half asleep, trying to like one eye getting some rest while I'm <laughs> two o'clock in the I, yeah. morning. Yeah, that the I I imagine that the second one might be a little bit better because only because you might know what to expect. But that first one, it's like you're used to getting your consistent, you know, eight hours of sleep or whatever, and that doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's just a culture shock, you know. Are Are there plans for a number two? Uh, I mean, as of right now, we're 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 happy, but I mean, we would love to have. I think we'd love to have another one someday. So, not planning it right now. But I mean, what can we plan? You know, we learned that lesson on the first go around. Yeah. Yeah. It happens when it happens, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Just keep practicing. <laughs> so you had a big event kind of happen at Krypton in the last, gosh, what, six weeks, maybe, maybe less than that uh, with Adam, Adam Klink. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, he, what was that like with that, that going on? So he, I guess I'll start. Adam's Adam's such a good athlete, like just a natural athlete, always has been, right? Since high school, I think he's got most athletic. He went, we went to the same high school. I think he got like the most athletic award. So he's always been a very athletic person. Um, and uh, he's been, he's, he loves squatting, right? So he's been squatting forever. Like always, always, that's one thing he consistently does. Um, and it was like the test for him was, hey, could I get under this five minute mile? And uh, I think he just, he just believed it enough. And he, he, he trained really hard for like, what was it? It was only six to eight weeks that he was like really dedicated towards it. That goes to show you how fit he was in, to begin with, right? Like he had a good starting point, but yeah, he hit a uh, 500 back squat and 456 mile uh, in the same day. So that's something he had been wanting to do for a long time. He had tried it like the year before 
Um, but he had some plantar fasciitis and some problems there with his foot. Um, but yeah, no, he finally did it. And it was, uh, it was, I think it's a really big deal because I have never seen anybody else do it. And I think it's one of the, you know, true best tests of overall athleticism or at, you know, fitness that you can get. So I'd love yeah. to do it someday. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it a bit. Like I'm really close to a 500 back squat, but, uh-huh. but I am nowhere near a sub 500 mile, <laughs> like nowhere near. Yeah. I mean, and, to combine those two and even the same lifetime is impressive, let alone yeah. in a day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he did something to, he threw in something else for good measure for the Dave pull, Castro. Yeah, yeah, pull-ups, right. Right. If 50 unbroken. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's like, I should have just maxed out everything and seen what was the, you know, seen what I could do, but yeah, maybe I throw a bench press in there next time. That'd be, that'd be good. <laughs> well, and when I watched the video, like he didn't even struggle on the 50 pull-ups. Oh no, no, no. He, I, I bet you he could have done 80, 90 pull-ups that day. So yeah, he was, uh, the pull-ups weren't the hard part or anything that he was thinking about. He was focused on that. That mile I think was where it was at for him. He hit 500 pounds. I don't know if he told you, but he hit 500 pound back squat, like, every three days for three weeks before he, <laughs> before he ran that mile. So he was very prepared for the back squat portion of it. Yeah. That looked really easy. And, uh, and yeah. the pull-ups look super easy, but that right. mile. Yeah. You could tell. That yeah. That, and that was, was, that was where it was at. I mean, five minute miles, no joke. That's fast. Oh, and I loved when he, when he filmed it, he said, we're going to do the mile first. Cause if this doesn't happen, it doesn't really matter. Yes. Um, yes. And so, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that was, that was awesome. I was super impressed, super impressed. And did I hear that Dane was his training partner for that? Yeah, him and Dane were, him and Dane were both going, uh, going at it kind of at the same time. Um, Dane was a little behind on the back squat. So Dane was starting lower on the back squat than, like, than Adam was there. Um, but I, I think they were about similar on the mile. But Dane just recently tested, and he ran a 503 mile. Oh. and uh back squatted 501 because dane likes to just back squat one you know do one pound more than you just to, just to claim that he he did it um but he ran a 503 and it was absolutely everything that he had you know he was i think he threw up later that night in the middle of the night like he was he was pretty messed up from it but he's he's just able to give his all like that so i'm sure he'll uh he's in the fire academy right now so training to be a firefighter um but after that, I'm sure he, he'll hop right back on the train and try to do it again. Awesome. He doesn't know what quit means. Yeah. So we're just going to bounce around a lot on this because I have a sure. lot of questions. And um, um, I have a weird question. So every All year, right. uh, the teams put in a, a, a roster for the CrossFit Games. And you always appear on CrossFit Mayhem's team as the alternate. <laughs> I think it's just last year, right? I think I think it's been twice at least. Oh, I, I, maybe I just maybe I missed it. Uh, last year they asked me, and I I, I was hesitant because I didn't know if uh, I didn't know what was happening, and I didn't know about the wild card spot and all that. But um, yeah, no, it was just last year they asked me, and I said, sure, why not? I wouldn't mind. So so it could have been a reality if something happened to mm-hmm. to Dre. You you could have been jumped in and and taken that on. Yeah. No. Uh, for wow. sure. I thought about it. Yeah. I mean, you have to consider, you have to consider that, right? Right. Right. I just, it, it's always a surprise to see a name like yours uh, as the alternate on a team like that. So I just was always <laughs> curious if it was just there as a formality and, and they just hope nobody got hurt or if, if the reality could have been you jumped on. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I didn't really see that happening, but um, if they needed me, I would have been there. I'd have been ready to. So. A pretty decent insurance policy, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's really cool. So you've known Rich a long time. I mean, you've actually competed mm-hmm. longer than he has. Yeah, um, we've com- I've competed with him every year that he competed individual and every year that he's done team. So, yeah, we've known each other for a while. Yeah. Have, have you ever, and you've gone to Cookville and worked out there before. I know I've yeah, seen I, some, some footage. I, I usually go down, I usually go down um, before the games just to train with them for, for, a few days even it's just good to get out and, and uh, get pushed and change your mindset a little bit before something big like that. It, it, it helped a lot, especially I went before 2015, 2016 too. So those were good years. So 
another weird question. Um, mm -hmm. You've always kind of been known as this quiet guy, like your whole career, just kind of head down, get the job done. But in recent years, you've become a little more outspoken. And so I know, sure. I know Kat's got a question for you. I'll put her on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the tweet of January 20th um, that went viral on Instagram, I think you got over 800 comments. Um, and I looked, I think that's your most commented post on Instagram about, oh, yeah. the, about the sanctionals and how promoters were potentially programming for you know, athletes that they promote doing mm -hmm. these sanction events. Mm -hmm. So, and you got a ton of commentary back on that. Did anything ever come of that? I know that, um, you know, there were collectives for some of those sanctionals that were being programmed by, you know, people like Ben Bergeron and Matt O'Keefe, who, you know, clearly had ties to certain athletes that were competing in those um, competitions. Mm -hmm. What did you think about, like, the reaction to all that? Um, I, yeah, I guess I just felt like I needed to say something. I, I, I don't really... Uh, I guess it's just as I get older, I kind of formulate my thoughts and opinions a little bit better and more articulate, but um, trying to do that as much as I can. But I just felt like I needed to say something, I guess, just because things sort of seem to be out in the open and kind of like a free for all and things were just kind of getting thrown together last minute and didn't seem like there was too much thought that, were go that was going into the structure of these things or who's keeping people in check. Um, just seemed like something needed to be said about fairness and kind of somebody has to hold somebody accountable, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Not right. that that's what I was trying to do. I was just trying to point something out so that people that are putting together sanctionals aren't doing something that they shouldn't, they should just be thinking, you should just be thinking about these things. If you're in positions of authority or positions of um, control over a company or sanctional or whatever, like these are things that you should consider and think about. Right. And I mean, Rich did a good job with that, with his invitational, right? Like he didn't have teams mm -hmm. there. He just had individuals because that was kind of the deal. And I know he was real careful about, you know, not having Tia and Matt sort of privy to what was going on there, but it, it really hasn't changed though, has it? I mean, the sanctionals are still kind of the wild, wild west when it comes to programming and prize money and events even. Um, yeah, I've gotten some, I got some messages, you know, I, you don't know what's true and what's not true, but I've gotten some messages online and that I didn't love reading, but um, about that, about programming and who knows what. And uh, yeah, I, I, it, the, the hard part is you don't know, you don't know all the, the things that are going on. So the, the comment that I made was, hey, let's just try to hope that the people that are running these things are doing them the right way with the right intentions. So that was kind of, that was kind of, that wasn't really uh, pointing a finger at anybody or trying to at least. No, well, clearly a lot of people agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think people just want to see things done the right way and things done fairly, obviously. Yep. I mean, it's easier said than done, you know? So, so let's piggyback on that just a little bit. Uh, it's well known that you at one time tried to form an athlete union for lack of better term, some kind of, group to to so that the athletes had a say as to what's going on it was discussed between a few of us sure okay so now there's the pfaa okay is, is that is that heading in the direction that you think it needs to or do you think it needs to be more than that can you tell me a little bit about that because i'm not i don't know too much about that i'm okay. not up on the no lately okay huh that, that's odd as well. So yeah. <laughs> the PFAA is a Professional Fitness Athletes Association. Okay. Uh, and they, it's a group of athletes. I think uh, Gretchen, Gretchen Kittleberg. Kittleberg is kind of the president of that. Uh, and some of the people on that are Steph Chung and Brent Fitkowski. Um, and they've gotten a seat at the table with Eric, the new CEO. Okay. Um, and to talk about right now, their two main um, agenda points are athlete safety and um, consistency with the rules. Mm -hmm. um, and so while it's not a union, it's just kind of an association that they've kind of come together to have a unified voice sure. as athletes. 
what concerns me uh, talking to you about this, and this is my opinion, mm-hmm. not Ben's, so don't get on Ben, but That's fine. If, if you don't know about it, how is it a unified athlete's voice when you're one of the preeminent athletes in the sport and you don't know what their agenda is even? Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, maybe that's on me. I mean, I don't, I haven't read about it. I don't know. Is there, I don't know. Is there a place that the information's all put together that I, that I should be looking at? So there's a website. Uh, okay. So there's a website. Uh, it's PFAA. I think, uh, I think it's actually spelled out professional fitness athletes. Dot com. Maybe. And, if you Google it, there is another PFAA. It, yeah. So just, you have to spell it out to get it. Sure. Um, and, but there's not a ton on the website. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. That, but there is kind of there, those two points on the agenda and some other things like that. But Sure. No, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like something like that should have been done a while ago. But uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that, but, uh, yeah, I I think that's a good thing. I think it's moving forward in the right direction. I think the athletes need to be talking to the people that are running the the games and these competitions and, uh, for sure for athlete safety, like safety being all different kinds of things. Like there's all kinds of different situations that could come up and, you know, I'm not trying to be like a, uh, an athlete that's just complaining about, uh, about things in the way that they're run. Um, but there are, there are things that pop up here and there that, definitely should have could be have could have been discussed with athletes that have could been worked out maybe um i mean i think we're more than just you know horses in a race i think we can we can help out and contribute to the conversation so yeah i'm all for setting up something like that and talking to whoever's running that i think that'd be uh that's definitely a good thing to open up to the community i think well and i think one of the big things that they mentioned was that like sanctionals you never knew what you were going to get as an athlete when you got there. And they just think there should be a minimum standard of warm-up area equipment available. Um, Cause that, that is a safety issue if you're not warmed up properly before an event. Um, sure. Um, I can see that. And, and they go all the way to like back to the old East coast championships where things got really crazy and people got hurt. Um, mm-hmm that the events themselves went over the line. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's about. I, we can cut that. No, I don't, I'm, I don't wanna... I'm, I'm okay formulating my thoughts here uh, on the fly. I, I'd love to be a part of something like that. So I'm not like, I'm not against it. I'm not, yeah. I don't have too many opinions on it either. I'd love to talk to them. And I think it should be more, Hey, let's just have it keep the discussion open. Like if there are things that seem reasonable and rational and people should talk them through and their issues, let's do that. You know, I don't see why it needs to be, it doesn't need to be anything uh, contentious, you know? Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure you're comfortable. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Okay, cool. We got to get you a subscription in the morning chalk up, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, I I follow it occasionally. (laughs) There's too much how, going on. I can't keep up with all of it and live my true. regular life. You know? That's right. right. <laughs> it does make sense that like this is, you know, our greatest hobby and job is to keep up on all this stuff. And it's sure. probably not the focus of yours because you don't have to. So that makes sense. Yeah, there's just a, there's just a ton. There's just a ton going on and it's just not enough time in a day. Oh, that's all. I mean, let alone even before COVID hit and now you've got, <laughs> you know, it's, COVID it's to think about added over on there. the top. Yes. Over the top. Yeah. Yeah, and running I don't a gym. Think anybody knows what's going on. Yeah, no. Yeah. Running a gym, having a one-year-old, COVID, <laughs> training. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just the, I mean, just the training part is ex- like mentally exhausting too. So hard to describe. All right, so let's let's go back to something you know a lot about, hopefully, and that is sure. uh, the blueprint to be strong. That okay. is your program that you have available to people. Uh, yep, it's got yep. seven different elements to it. Yep. There's a few different elements to it. And I try to just make that. So I, I, the reason I started the blueprint is like, I, I used to, I used to follow the CrossFit.com. And I used to follow, uh, I'd pick up programming, let's say from Jason Kalipa or from Chris Spieler's gym or from, uh, you know, Pat Barber in his gym or Freddie Camacho. Like I used to follow other gyms and their programming and saw how they did things. And 
I'd love to, you know, experiment with programming on my own and figure out what works. And then when I started going to the games year after year, like I started changing my programming and tailoring it for me and, and what I needed to work on and my weaknesses. And uh, it's, I put out the blueprint now, like I was like, Hey, we can, I can give out my programming to help others kind of see what I've done or what I'm doing currently. Uh, and they can do the same thing that I was doing. Cause I love doing that. I love following somebody else's programming and getting ideas and, and tailoring it to what I needed to do. So just figured I'd offer it as a, uh, as something that people could subscribe to. And it has a strength component and like a, a Metcon component component, and you can get those together as well. Yes. Yes. So there's one that's like everything that I do. So I, I train year round and I just, I train through that. Obviously things ramp up and ramp down around seasons, but um, I train all year and I pro I put out that programming. It's everything that I do. And then I put down a version where it's like, Hey, I have 60 to 90 minutes to train. Here's what I would do if I just had those 60 to 90 minutes to train. And then there's another one that's called be strong, which is just tailored more towards strength programming. So like if your goal is specifically to develop strength and work on power output and that kind of stuff, here's, here's the programming that I have used in the past or am using, but it's just the strength portion of it. So there's just some different variations. Uh, and then Adam and Dane started the dad bod fitness, which is just, you know, <laughs> You know, it's got, it's got the catchy name and, and Dane loves it. He loves messing with the programming and making up hard, you know, super hard workouts where you only have 20 minutes to work out and he just gets it all done and gets it all in there and you get in and get out and have a lot of fun. So they've done a great job with that too. And do you, do you enjoy programming now that, that yeah, you've been yeah. around a while and, and, and have seen it all? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I enjoy, you know, coming into the gym uh, in the morning and writing up what we're going to do for the day or, or for that session or whatever. I, I enjoy bouncing ideas off people and, and we have a little training group that we all sit down or get together at least and, and talk about and go over uh, what we're going to do each day. That's, awesome. that's a good time. Yeah. It's a good 10 or 15 minutes each, each morning. <laughs> do people fight you pretty hard on stuff? Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a tyrant in the way I program, but occasionally it happens where I'm like, Hey, we're doing this. And then nobody likes it and that's okay. But then most of the time we're, you know, we're back and forth and we got good, good ideas and good discussion. Well, let's, let's move a little bit into more CrossFit in your CrossFit career. Um, sure. You were in the Rogue Invitational this, mm -hmm. this spring, and that was really different than anything you had ever done. I'm sure in your mm -hmm. long career with, with CrossFit. Yeah. What, what were your thoughts on that? Um my initial thoughts was, wow, this is never going to work out. But then, you know, immediately it's like, Hey, rogue, you know, rogues running it. They're going to do it really well. They always do everything really well. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, as he gets closer and closer, I'm like, Hmm, I could, I could see this happening. Right. And then they, they set everything up and they talked you through it and you were working with them the whole week leading up to it. You had everything set up. They were, they were like, Hey, here's how we're doing the streaming. And they showed you how to do it. They sent you all the equipment. Um, they did such a good job and then it ended up working out like almost seamlessly. I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, I don't see why they can't do that again. Um, not easily, but I don't see why they can't do that again. I thought it was a great format. I yeah. kind of liked the unknown element, how you didn't know where everybody else was and you weren't being told, you know, where everybody else was during the event. So I, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I was actually Saxon Pancheck's judge Yeah, yeah. for that event. And so uh, it was funny how like it's all done and then everybody's scrambling to a TV to kind of catch where they were and what they were doing and where did they lose yeah. to this person. And um, yeah, right. Just kind of getting to see that behind the scenes uh, when what's not being aired. Yeah. How many people were there? How many people were like, were there with, with you guys? Uh, like right like around is probably five. And then there were like yeah. 10 people kind of off to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people enjoyed coming and watching. And even though they couldn't say anything, cheer, you know, or do any of that, it was kind of awkward. They were just standing there watching. But I, it wasn't as awkward as I thought it would be when we got going. And was that your first um, competition since your knee surgery? Uh, second one. I, I did the okay. Mayhem. Uh, oh, okay. I think, I, yeah, I think that was before that. I did the Mayhem one earlier in the year. And you had a torn meniscus, is that right? Yeah, I, it wasn't anything major. It just took yeah. me forever to recover from. I don't, I don't know. I had it twice on my right knee, and it was like next week I was fine. And this okay. one was like months. It just, it just wouldn't uh, get back to normal. I don't know what's going on. Um, and so, are you feeling more like that? Yeah. You're back to where you are. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to work, uh, work getting stronger right now. That's my goal. 
So let's just quickly go over your career. Uh, there's a mm -hmm. big career, so we'll try to be quick about it. You, you actually started your CrossFit Games career at 18 in mm -hmm. 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a good thing you didn't play baseball in college because I don't know how you would have done both. It would have been hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that first year was, was at the ranch. Yep. And then your second year, 2010, they moved to Carson. So you've seen the evolution really of CrossFit from the beginning Nine was the first year you had to qualify anyway. Before that, it was yes. just show up. Sign up and go. But, I mean, it was in California. I'm not going to just – and I'm, I was six, 17, 16 then. I'm like, I'm not going to sign up and fly out to California and compete. I, I, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So, from, so what, what are your opinions of, like, where it was and where it is today? And that, that's a crazy question with the last few years, but – Yeah. No, the jump from – the jump from – uh you know dave's dave's backyard to carson was big like that was a that was a cool jump um it was totally different like just that that year one year to the next was totally different and then you could see it like there weren't that many people there that first year it was still fun like the events were different challenging um and all that as they always have been and then the two or three or four years after that it just started like just started getting bigger and bigger and there were more people there to watch and it, uh, more people talking about the event kind of thing. Um, and I think that it, yeah, it's like it, it, and then the switch from Carson there to Madison was again, same deal. Kind of like a, it was a big switch in my opinion. Uh, I don't think it was quite the same in Madison, although people seemed to, that went seemed to really have a good time and enjoy it. Um, from the spectator's perspective, it was very, I was different in my opinion from an athlete's perspective. It's just, I don't think that you can recreate the, the feeling of the tennis stadium, like at night or something uh, in, Car in Carson, California. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. So you did prefer Carson to Madison. Yeah. I mean, California is pretty, uh, it was pretty cool. So we'll save that for later, but it's 2015, sure. 2015, the year. Yeah. You, you, so I got to ask you a question. Did you face plant on the beach to start <laughs> the swim in 2015? Yeah. It was that 2015. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was one of those, it was one of those years. And I do think it was 2015. I still don't, I still won't even believe that there was anything there that I tripped on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I tripped on. There was nothing there. So, so I watched it like five times today just to try to confirm that it was you. <laughs> yeah, it was me. That okay. was me. How many times do your brother show you that video? Uh, lately, not that, but when it happened, plenty. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. The, the cool thing is you bounced up like super fast. Like, like it was <laughs> like a, the fastest burpee ever. He can't stay laying on the beach. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Not sunbathing, you know. No, so, it, was, it was it was funny. That was that was good. That was funny. Good way to start it. Good way to end it. Yeah. So you start with a face plant, and then the event two was the sandbag. Yeah. That that you didn't fare very well in either. Uh, -uh. I did terribly <laughs> in that event. I was so mad after that event. So mad about that. Yeah, that was kind of like that was like the I went back. Uh, I like to go back to the you know hotel and chill a little bit in between events. I was so mad after that after that sandbag event that I like there was a decision I just made a mental decision in my head that I was tired of I was tired of finishing where I was finishing and I'm not going to do that anymore and the rest of the games just went a completely different direction. Cuz I was going to ask you your mindset after that. Cuz mm -hmm. cuz you're not in a great position at that point. Right. Um and you you kind of have to have that like come to Jesus meeting with yourself. What, yeah. what are we going to do here? Because after that moment, you never finished lower than 11th. Right. And yeah, it was just, it was a, that was a purely mental decision on my part. And it made me realize how, how much that plays into a factor of sports and being competitive. So not only do you finish almost all the, the rest of the way in, on the top 10, you get two event wins. Um, and I think a second, a couple fourths. I mean, you, you really turned it up at that point. Um, did you feel the momentum switch uh, once you started hitting those, those good finishes? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't pay attention to I, – I knew, when, you know, you know when you win and it feels like I won a couple events and it felt really good to win those events because I would never done that before at the Games. But uh, it was very rewarding um, just knowing that your training is paying off. But I try to focus on every event like it's that's the only event. And I really don't – I was like, hey, I finished well for where I was and I was happy with it and satisfied with it. It's like there's not much more that you can do other than put in the best effort that you can put out on the floor. Like you can't control the other competitors. Uh, you just control yourself. And I was like, super, I was just really focused that year. You know, it's just like one thing at a time. I stayed that way through the whole competition. And then uh, the last day, I just, you just know it. Like there was just something, something that I, I knew, I knew I couldn't lose, even though I was going into the final event, not in the lead. It was weird. It was weird. It was uh, something that I, I can't explain. So I watched D Heavy DT again this morning. Your reaction at the end of Heavy DT was a reaction I'd never seen from you before that, that event. Like yep. you, you were like a changed man in that moment. <laughs> that, that's what it looked like from, the, from a viewer's point of view. Sure, sure. Uh, no, I mean, that definitely, something like that boosts your confidence for sure. So, I mean, it's the, it, it goes both ways. Like you can, you can win, you can have a win like that, that put, that pushes you and propels you into more winning, or you can have a loss that pushes you into more loss. So it goes both ways. And I think that was one of those moments that helped push me into the, uh, that next step that I was trying to get to. Yeah. Cause it was almost, it was like a half Josh Bridges celebration at the end. Not quite <laughs> like, you know, but you no, know, nobody, nobody can get as fired up as him. But <laughs> yeah. I was pretty fired up. So the other thing that I, that I didn't recall, like from memory is I thought you and Matt finished one, two and pedal to the middle two and you didn't, but the focus was solely on you two because whoever wins that wins the games. Sure. It's between the two of you. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was so intense. Like I can't even imagine being in it, uh, watching it again today. Yeah, I would probably agree. Um, like it was probably be more stressful now thinking about, you know, thinking about it, but I didn't think twice about it. Then it was just, you know, stay in the I moment, get, do, do your thing. Yeah. I get stressed watching it and I know the outcome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was just a confidence and peace that I had and it, it kept me, kept me under control. That was it. Yeah. The, uh, those deadlifts looked brutal. Do yeah, you, I didn't. I, I was worried through? about the. I was worried about the last like four deadlifts. Yeah, genuinely worried about. It. I was like, I don't know why this is so heavy, but these are these things aren't moving. <laughs> yeah. So it was what two two hundred and three pound kettlebells. Yeah. One in each hand, and you had to do six. It was something, some little number, right? And then, and then, like the next year, they throw eight. You know, a, a yeah, like a. 20 something reps of it and everybody flies through it, you know? So it's just that unknown element, like just the new thing that you've never done before uh, throws everybody off. Like that's what the games are about. And I, I, that's why I love, I love that event because it was something that we had never seen before, but yeah, those things were heavy. Yeah. And, um, and so you win, you win your first ever CrossFit games uh, after six years of trying and you'd finished on the podium two other times before that, but this was your first win. Right. What, what, what were the feelings? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I mean, I guess you use the word surreal to kind of describe it, but it felt like I had seen it before. Like I was like, it was in my head, I had uh, thought about it and known that it was going to happen so many times. It kind of felt like it was your just right place, right time. Like things just felt, felt good, you know? And then, um, and then it was like, all right, what's next? You know, what's the, what's the next thing? What do you do next? And, uh, it, it's a good feeling to have your uh, to have like gone for a goal and, and all that but then as soon as you win it's like okay what do you do now right like there's that next thing it, that's not it that's not what it's all about so it helped me put things in perspective as well yeah awesome. feeling of winning it's a good feeling but there's more to it than that too when I also noticed like that was the year of the pig a lot yeah. of like odd objects that you guys don't normally work yeah. And over the years, you've always kind of been good at that odd object thing. Mm -hmm. Has there any, ever been anything that you like showed up for and were like, what is that? Like what? what? I, no, like when they throw stuff like that, I normally enjoy it. So I normally enjoy the twist or the challenge or, 
or like, Hey, you just got to be athletic and adapt to this situation. I, I feel like I, maybe it's just me and it's in my head and I have, I feel like I have a little mental edge there just because I'm, I feel like I'm mentally prepared for it. Cause we train like that a lot. We just throw some unique things in there for fun and uh, for the challenge. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. So I know, I know Kat has a question on 2018. Yeah. 19, 19, sorry. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I was just wondering um, how the whole wild card invite went down because I mean, we know that I guess you had had knee surgery and were sort of recovering from that. And the world hurled, 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 heard all about Hunter McIntyre and how he got his wild card, you know, through mm-hmm. this social media campaign. But we didn't get any many details about like, how does that all go down? Do you get a phone call? Someone send you an email? Can you tell us? Um, how did it go? How did it go? It's a good question. Uh, I think Dave, I think Dave texted me something like, uh, just said in, that was all he texted me. It was just in. And I was like, I think I texted him back. Like, what do you, you know, you mean the game, right? He's like, yeah. So that was, that was about it. And that was the weekend before we were supposed to leave. So like, if you were getting, getting there Monday, that was like the weekend that, that weekend, uh, I learned about that. So it was, it was pretty last minute. Um, but I was like, Hey, uh, you know, Hunter's Hunter was getting the, getting the bid for it. And, um, like, why not? I'll, I'll, throw my hat in there like I'm I'm ready to throw down I'm willing to compete and it'd be a lot of fun and I think people would enjoy it and uh, I would enjoy it so I was like why not throw you know why not give it a shot so I said something on social media and you know I did I guess I didn't regret saying something because I, I enjoyed competing that year it's good experience and th- there was a little bit of a social media push for you with other athletes like yeah once, I feel like once that's it kind of floated got they... the attention yeah that had to be be pretty cool that your peers were rooting for you to get a wild card. Yeah, no, it 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 made me feel more special than I am, you know. So <laughs> everybody made everybody the support was pretty overwhelming and it was pretty, uh, you know, pretty humbling from the community. So I I appreciated everybody that that helped push for me to get to get to the games that year. Well. I have to ask you, like, so there's been so many changes to the CrossFit in the last couple of years, 18, you know, we're, we're going to focus on health and de-emphasize the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we'd go to the sanctional format in 19 uh, with uh, 170 people showing up on the men's side and 130 on the women's. Um, and now we have a new CEO and it looks like it's going to change in another direction if you had uh, the the magic wand to make the game season, whatever you wanted it to be, mm-hmm. what do you think it should be going forward? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I think, I think the, uh, I really like the regionals format. I think that's a cool format um, with the open leading into the regionals. Uh, I also really do like the sanctionals. I like the idea of the sanctionals and I like the idea of competing multiple times throughout the year, maybe some sort of, uh, some sort of second chance kind of to get to the games in a way, if you will. Um, so maybe a combination, some combination of the two formats that we've had, but I mean, if I had the magic wand, I would take a lot of advice before I made any decisions. That sounds like really good advice. um yeah it be people should listen to that because i think instead of being reactionary which i think is what's been happening Mm -hmm. people say things online you know there's no official rule book about it but it's kind of said here kind of said there and then it's trying Mm -hmm. to sew all those pieces together that weren't really constructed as a plan to begin with yeah it's really hard to build something right like it's really hard to build something good it's very easy to like just tear it down and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Um, but you know, you need a lot of good, like you need a lot of good people to put together something good and uh, you need a lot of good advice and you need a lot of counsel and all that. So, and you need to take your time, right? And like, right. it's not just going to happen next year is going to be the best year. Like next year is probably not going to be a good year. I, and that's not me, me, me being pessimistic. I'm just saying like, Hey, this is probably going to be something new. If it is something new, it'll take a few years to implement and get going. And, just like the sanctionals thing. I mean, this was the first, this was the first year of the sanctional thing, right? Yeah. Second year. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, this was second year, was, but it didn't really happen. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It didn't really happen. Right. So, and it was still kind of up and things were still up in the air. So I, you know, changes, we're just in that phase, that early phase of uh, you know, sport or early phase of something new. Like it's just going to take time and you're going to need good leadership and or I hope we have good leadership. And I think we think we're leaning there in the right direction. And I hope that, you know, they take the time to sit down and think about it and I'm sure they'll come up with something good that'll work, but it'll take a few years to get going just like the games did in the beginning, you know? Yeah. It sounds like advice from a mechanical engineer. Yeah. I was just about to say that. I was, I was right there. Sure. That's my perspective. That's what I add to this conversation, I guess. Mm -hmm. So Ben, are you, are you hoping to make it back to the games and continue training in that fashion? Is that sort of, your your intention next, for next this year, year? Mm-hmm. next year probably this year i have no idea what's going on i personally don't think the games will happen uh, okay. that's just me um but i'm preparing as if it will happen and i don't even have a spot so uh i'm like three or four spots out if something did happen where the games could work out i'm still gonna train uh as if i was going to compete so um mm-hmm. but other than that yeah i think I'd, I'd like to give it another go so i'm, I'm i really want to get back into that spot of being uh, where I know I should be. Like I want to be competitive again at the games for another, at least another year. Like I want to, I, I want to give it another go. Would you ever consider a going team and B competing as a master's athlete, which obviously is a little far off, but. Yeah, no, I, no offense to the masters. I think I'm good after, I think I'm good <laughs> after the, this. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably be done when I'm done. Uh, but then uh, the team, I don't know. So they might go back to the affiliate cup. I hear, I hear at least. Uh, so, you know, you'd have to pull athletes from your own affiliate and your own gym and that changes up what everybody's been doing. And, you know, we have some good athletes at the gym, but we'd, we would still need to find some people to put together a good team, but it's something that I've thought about, but I really like the, uh, I really like the individual competition. I like having all of the, the uh, responsibility on, on me, you know, and, and it's my fault if I don't do well kind of thing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so i've enjoyed the individual competition or the individual side of it so kind of last question about your future i I know you you're going to run your affiliate right krypton Mm -hmm. for as long as you can do you do you have an interest in coaching uh coaching like elite athletes uh yeah i mean that'd definitely be fun um haven't thought haven't put too much thought into it Maybe someday. So just wherever God takes you, that's that's where. Yeah, you're I'm. Going. I'm not a. I'm. Yeah, I'm fly by the seat of pants. My seat of pants kind of guy. You know, like I go where the go where I feel like I'm supposed to go, and I, that's not something that's really crossed my mind too much lately. So I haven't put too much thought into that. And I, I think it just is a testament to the fact too that when you're trying to be an individual athlete, you sort of have to really have a little tunnel vision to, to be able to yeah. do that. And it makes it hard to sort of think four steps ahead and, and try to plan and, you know, devise a plan for that kind of stuff. So it just shows that you're super focused on like what's ahead. Yeah. It, it's to me, it feels very selfish. Like you get that you can easily get that tunnel vision or like, Hey, I, and then recognize that I have this tunnel vision. I'm like, there's you know I, my family that I need to be more accountable to, and I need to go more accountable to my gym or whatever it is. And it's easy to bounce in and out of that and find the right finding the right balance of those two is the hardest thing um and i feel like i'm finally you know feel like i'm finally being able to figure out that balance a little bit better nowadays so i feel like i have a good balance right now and i'm just trying to maintain that balance and i will add things in slowly and make sure they don't upset that balance so that's kind of where i'm at yeah makes sense yeah we want to thank you so much for taking time out to be with us. Oh yeah. Um, this has been great. It's been awesome to catch up with you. Um, Likewise. Tell, tell your family. Hi. Uh, I will. And uh, hopefully we'll see you all down the road at different things. Yes. Hopefully I'll be able to see everybody soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. See It'd people nice soon to get in general, to... not on zoom, you know? Right. right. Well, yeah, and we... once, and once we get a season laid out, it'd be great to, maybe you can be our first third time guest to come back <laughs> yeah, and talk about I'd love to. how you're moving forward and, and making it to the, what, that would be like your 12th games, 13th yeah, game, yeah. something crazy. I would love yeah. to. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Great. It was nice yeah. talking with you, Ben. Yes. Nice to talk to you guys too. Nice to meet you.
All right. Well, have a great day, Ben. Hey, thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.